0: And this edition of the A-List podcast is brought to you by BetUS.com. And we are ready to get it rolling with another edition of the A-List podcast. It's A-Sharad Blakely with Kwani A-Top Hat Lewis.
1: What's up, girl? Hey. you You brought up the hat. I know you were going to. My oh, hair isn't done.
0: It's a different look. So, Kwani, I'm sure, you know, don't keep the folks on the edge too long about your new look. No, it's just my hair. It it's just your hair. Just, just a hat day?
1: Now that I'm a TV star, you know, I got to keep up with appearances. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: I'm kidding. She is so not low-key kidding. That's like that humble brag, but not really No, I'm not. I'm
1: just joking. Goodness.
0: These are jokes. These are jokes. <laughs> What's not a joke is the A-List podcast, which you can... Subscribe to download and all that good stuff on all your podcasting apps. Don't forget the A list podcast with A Blake Blakey, Quani, A Lunas, and Quani. You know, the, the, I mean, training camp is right around the corner, but, but there's, if a, a really good player is supposedly out there, there's a pretty good chance that somehow the Celtics are gonna, rumored. There's going to be some kind of six degrees of separation connected oh. there with the Boston Celtics. And so here we have, um, we're putting the Bradley bill to Boston rumors on the shelf for a moment. And then we're just going to put on the on the table, Zach Levine uh, from the Chicago bulls. And that's our good friend, Gary Washburn reported that. And and again, it's, he's not saying that this is definitely going to happen. He's saying that when the Celtics are looking at some of the top players in the off season, Zach Levine is probably someone that they're going to look into potentially uh, pursuing. And uh, I I've got some thoughts on this. I do. I do. Uh, but I'm curious what your thoughts
1: are. I That kind of threw me off guard, to be honest. But I'm c- curious as to why Brad Stevens thinks he needs more guards on this team. Zach Levine, I'm – I got to think about that. I got to do a little more research. <laughs>
0: well, the, the thing about Zach Levine is he's an, an exceptional scorer. Uh, right. He's one of those guys who's shown the ability to elevate his game. And what he's done the last couple of years, he's not just a a big-time scorer. He's a highly efficient scorer. And that's something that if you're Brad Stevens, if you're Emei Yudoka, and you're looking at this roster going forward, you absolutely want to have those type of players on your roster. But Zach is going to demand a max contract. And when you have Tatum, you have Brown, you could potentially add a third, but then you got Al Horford who's making, you know, big money. And you've got, you know, Marcus Smart, not in that same category, but certainly a sizable uh, amount of income he's making. Zach Levine becomes a luxury, it feels like. Someone that if you were able to get him, that would be great. And it could position you to be one of the better teams. But I don't see it happening. Uh, just because I don't think that the Bulls are going to be that dumb and let him walk. He is the best thing they got going. And he's one of the few guys who doesn't seem like they're necessarily uh, chasing that big three dynamic where he's looking to bring in two guys that he can play, where he's looking to join someone. Uh, he seems like he wants to be an independent leader and let the folks who are paid to put the roster together to do their jobs but if you're the Celtics, though, I mean, I think again, you kind of like with the Ben Simmons stuff, you have to monitor the situation to see if there is, in fact, an opportunity uh, for you to kind of swoop in and and to just really, you know, make some noise. And it will obviously be a major splash type addition to this to the squad.
1: Right. I think it'd be foolish, obviously, to not be a part of the conversation altogether. But to your point, when you look at the cap space and then you look at the amount of time that he'll be playing, will he be willing to not be a starter? I'm off the bench and still drop 20 per game for the Celtics? Or is he better off in Chicago or in another city where, like you said, he can be that independent scorer and kind of do his own thing versus now he's going to be not even third in line, like fourth or fifth when yeah. it comes to scoring for this team. Yeah.
0: And Zach ain't trying to go there. Exactly. Um, it doesn't seem and, like it. Right. And, 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 oh, for
1: the,
0: <laughs> right. And, and for those who aren't familiar with, with kind of his, his backstory, uh, he was at UCLA at a time, and he, he wasn't there very long. And he was playing as someone who was coming off the bench. And for those of us who follow his career, going all the way back to you, like it didn't make a whole lot of sense because he has sick hops and athleticism. And you're watching him play, and you're seeing his minutes limited, and you realize that he's playing, in essence, behind the coach's son. Steve Alfred's son was on that team. And, and you know, Zach is never publicly... You know, gone at them about that, but it bothered me because I'm thinking like this brother can ball, and why is he doing the same thing I'm doing too too often, which is watching the damn game. Right. And so I wasn't surprised to see him uh, become a, a solid NBA player. But the one thing, and I mentioned this earlier, that has been probably the biggest revelation is his efficiency. He showed early on once he got to the NBA that he could score, but. He's doing it at a ridiculously high clip. He was in the conversation as a 50-40-90 guy last year in terms of his field goal shooting, three-point shooting, and and what he does from the free throw line. That's the type of guy that becomes a major problem for opponents because of his ability to, again, score in a multitude of ways. And one of my big concerns with him was his defense. I thought that was something that I've – and I think back to Marcus Smart has told me this, and pretty much anyone who's an elite defender has mentioned this, that – Being a good defender is not a talent thing. It's an effort thing. You don't have to be uh, someone who can just have, you know, savant like instincts when it comes to things on the defensive side of the ball. It's simply wanting to be a good defender. And I thought for the first time since I've been watching Zach, when he was with the Olympic team, I thought he actually wanted to be a good defender. And I think part of that is, is the Popovich system relies heavily on your ability to, to guard your yard. Uh, Pops is not trying to put cats out there who can just get buckets. Uh Those guys don't last long in Pop system. You look at the guys that have thrived, they don't exactly go out there and get buckets. That's why I would love to see what a James Harden coached by Popovich for a full NBA season look like. Because Harden, that's what he does. He gets That'd be buckets. fun to watch, yeah. But he has shown the ability to drop dimes as well, and, and he would obviously have to lean on that part of him mm-hmm. more so. But the, the, the point is Zach Levine – is at a point in his career where he's shown the potential to be a significant piece to a really, really good team. It's just a matter of can Chicago put the pieces around him and make that happen, or will he have to find greener pastures elsewhere? And if you're the Celtics, you certainly want to keep your antennas raised for the possibility of swooping in. Because again, I don't see that happening in the offseason next year, but stranger things have happened. Uh, and, and so that's, if you're a Celtics fan, that's something to certainly to keep your eyes opening ears, uh, antennas up for. So, but speaking of Zach LaVie, speaking of Bradley Beal, there may come a situation where the set might have potentially an opportunity for either one of those guys. You only got one spot. You can only take one of them who you got corny.
1: Ooh. Wow okay now i'm gonna sound like a hypocrite for still being shocked that zach levine was even being considered but i would go with him because i'm still not sure exactly how that dynamic of bradley beale well it's this is a tricky scenario because if we the celtics were to get bradley Beal, that would mean that jalen brown probably wouldn't be on in the conversation anymore so now i'm mm-hmm. backtracking <laughs> look at you looking uh, like
0: Dion. excuse me coach sanders In his prime, in that (laughs) backpedal. call me coach. Coach Coach Sanders.
1: Right. (laughs) When it comes down to it, I think you always look for, you want a Bradley Beal on your team. But I think with me, at least, I overthink it. Like, how are they going to work out? How's the chemistry going to be on this team? I think either way, if you get Bradley Beal in that Celtics locker room, you can't go wrong but if you, you want type, get off
0: the fence then... pick one
1: get off the fence pick I'm, one i'm giving you both options and explaining why they both work
0: i don't want both options i want Quanti's options
1: pick one <laughs> i'm taking bradley Beal. damn okay all right yeah um you couldn't let me just walk around the answer
0: no nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no no this no no this is this is not your, your neighbor your oh neighborhood park <laughs> No, you got you to kick a lane and run in that lane, Kwani. I'm going to look, if, if those two were both available, yeah, yeah. I would probably go with Zach Levine. And I'm going to okay. tell you why. Um, Zach is a little bit younger. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach is a little bit bigger in terms of height. I think Zach has a little bit more versatility. And the difference in terms of score really isn't that dramatically different. And the, as I pointed out earlier, Zach Levine is, be, is becoming a much more efficient scorer. And so mm-hmm. that, to me, lends itself to someone who can play a multiple of, of roles and still be impactful in those roles because of that level of efficiency. Uh, and again, my, the biggest knock I've had against Zach, and most people do, is his defense. And I thought when he was with the Olympic team, I, that was some of the best defense I've seen Zach Levine play as a pro. And that gives me hope and confidence that if you put him in a situation where he's surrounded by top shelf, at least better talent than what we've seen him play with in Chicago, he can rise to the occasion, become an impact player, and put the Celtics in position to really compete at the highest of levels. If, and that's a big if, if he becomes available. Uh, I I think, like I said, if if Chicago's smart, and it's debatable about that question, (laughs) you don't let a guy that good go. Uh, You don't let a guy that young, that talented, that impactful go particularly when you know the market for him isn't going to be that he's going to get the max contract wherever he goes and so that you can't get into one of those back and forth trying to squeeze and save a buck or two he's going to get the most available to him no matter where he goes. And so if you're Chicago, money should not be the issue. The issue for you Mm -hmm. has to be, do we feel that this is a player that when we look at our team going forward and we look at how we're going to compete at the highest levels, does he fit into what that image looks like? And I would say yes, uh, because again, all the things I've stated already, but Chicago, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to treat him. And to a lesser extent, we don't know whether Zach Levine is going to be down with the NBA power play movement where he calls his own shots. You know, we've seen it with we've seen it with uh, Harden. You know, we, we've seen it with lots of players recently where they've made the decision that they are going to put their thumb on a scale on the trade market scale to get yeah. to a certain destination. Uh, yeah. and, and so we don't know if he's going to be another player along that line line of thinking but I, I my gut tells me he won't that he will you know he'll just give chicago every chance to keep him in the fold long term and if they hint if they if they hint that they may not want to do that then he'll get a wandering eye um right, because right. He, to me zach levine he he's like that he's like that that soon-to-be, soon to be soon soon to be single supermodel you may not like me but i know because of who i am somebody will so right. if i want to boo you up and you like I don't know I don't know. That's okay, because I'm gonna get boot up somewhere else. So Zach is gonna be all right no matter what he does, because he's that good a player. His track record has been a steady incremental increase in terms of his ability to impact games. And again, he he's he's in that he's in that position that all NBA players want to be in, where you know you're going to get the most allotted for you. It's just a matter of who's cutting that check. That's a good point. So. Now, Trader Brad, <laughs> what, I mean, I, it seems every week we're talking about Brad in the trade, and this is one that was already done. Uh, this was one that basically it became official this week, and we're right. talking right. about right. We're talking about Juan Hernan Gomez coming from Memphis for mm-hmm. <sighs> Chris Dunn, <sighs> Carson Edwards. And swapping of second-round picks. Now, knowing all the particulars of the deal, I mean, is this a deal that you feel good about? Do you like this deal? Is it meh? I mean, what's what's your emotional attachment or detachment <laughs> oh to this deal?
1: I definitely don't have any attachment to the deal. But I was I, – I felt bad for Chris Dunn, whose <laughs> short-lived career in Boston. This is where he wanted to always be. Right, exactly. That's something that he had – I think it like obviously being a local kid, I'd always wanted to be in this area. But I think one, I can't even say his name quickly as I want to. Juan but I think Gomez. I was trying to say his name quickly, but it didn't work the way that I planned. So you know, tried to roll the the letters. Women <laughs> so on I the head just women on the, the head. Just right, blame I, it exactly, head. exactly. I think it's a, a good pickup for the Celtics. You know, coming from. Denver and that atmosphere and the I think the motivation to win is something that when you look at players that are coming from good markets or good teams or you always want that in Boston when you're looking at the way that Brad has been building his roster he's been building with motive highly motivated highly talented players not that every player isn't talented obviously but seeing him on the Celtics I obviously I would want to see how he works with this lineup but I do think it's a an interesting pickup and knowing the way that brad looks at the game again going back to our other talks of his trades and in the moves that he's made so far it's clear that he's building a team that wants to be successful so i just have to see it all play out now
0: yeah i mean I, I thought you know again he he did some pretty good things i, I thought you know in his last stint with, with with minnesota where he you know his scoring it is what it is he's a stretch big which the celtics obviously have that as a need Uh, for them going forward. But the one thing about him that I I think is interesting is he gives them insurance. Uh, When you look at that front line where you've got Al Horford, you've you've got, you know, Time Lord, uh, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to be down at least one of those guys at some point this season. And when you have a a guy with experience, you have a guy with a very specific skill set, the ability to stretch the floor, which, and he's also a good rim runner, which again, it kind of puts him somewhere in between, you know, a, a Rob, you know, Williams and an Al Horford as far as his skills are concerned. But for for me, it's just about having options. Because, I mean, the Celtics, you're not going to put together a team – that's going to just on paper overwhelm anyone you're going to have to beat teams in waves you're going to have to beat teams with your depth that is your to me that is your superpower if you are the Boston Celtics the ability to impact the game on different levels with different players at different moments and he fits into that into that that paradigm for the Celtics because again he has something that very few of their players have A uh, one guy who kind of falls under the stretch big, well, you know, kind of, he does. He falls under the stretch big category is Luke Cornett. Uh, And he will be back uh, reportedly with an Exhibit 10 contract, as will um, young Jawan Morgan, who was at uh, Utah Jazz last season. But I want to focus on Luke Cornett for a minute. Uh, And and believe me, this will be like the most time we will ever spend talking about (laughs) Luke Cornett. I'm pretty damn sure of that. Um, But Luke, you know, he's a stretch big, and we give him lots of props for being a stretch big. But when you start looking at the numbers, Luke's numbers are not that impressive. He's shot less than 30% for three-point range the last couple of years uh, that he's been in the league. And it's not like he's been in the league that long. He's been in the league like three or four years total. Um, I think the Exhibit 10 contract, which is basically a training camp invite uh, where – more, more likely than not, exhibit 10 guys going to want it like Taco did his rookie season, play a lot of games in Maine. That'll be a good thing for Luke. Because I think Luke has a lot. Luke shows some signs of, of promise, and people latch onto that. But yeah. when you look at his whole body of work, he really didn't shoot the ball that well.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's just because of his size? I think Literally the size on
0: the floor? Yeah, I think he's intriguing because he's a seven-footer who has – three-point range and doesn't look forced. Like, I remember when Al Horford was making the transition to being a three-point shooter, and he'd sit in the corner, and he'd get that little two-hand set shot thing, that he and it would be like, he looked so robotic like that. And that's not a knock on Al, it's just that he wanted to make sure that his physical mechanics were perfect and identical every single time out. And you know, Luke is a little different. Luke just let it fly uh, because he's a natural lo- long-range shooter who just so happens to be seven feet tall. But... I need to see him shoot a little bit better uh, in the G League with Maine and, and in opportunities to get with the Celtics. Because right now, there really isn't a lot to be thrilled about with him as far as his long range shooting. Because, again, we can't we can't just say, well, you know, the eye test tells me one thing and yeah. at the same time say, you know, well, analytics tell me one thing. You, you, they, the yeah. numbers are very different. He's a, He shoots less than 30%. Uh, from three point range, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops and, and whether he has a role, even if it's a bit role, with the Celtics this year. Mm-hmm. So, now and speaking of roles, uh, we, we have a nice, relatively new partner in the building known as BetUS.com. And listen, th- this is a Rob Blakely here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football is back, and it's time to get in on the action. So my, I had a good week. Uh, my Eagles got a shocking win. Tom Brady did what Tom Brady do. That, that was easy money. That was easy. To me, that was, I call that Kevin Durant bets Easy money. There was no way in the world that I was going to lose that bet. And he went, Tom Brady, week one, come on now. Stop. it was a little bit dramatic. I give the Cowboys Cowboys, excuse me. I always say Cowboys. I give the Cowboys credit. They, they put good <laughs> right. They, they made it. That? The
1: what
0: they gave yeah. the ball. You you cannot beat Tom Brady if you give him more than a minute left. A minute
1: right. You.
0: It ain't going to happen. He will find a way. And he, and once again Tom did that. that. Went for um, it. Absolutely. And the <laughs> Patriots the you know, tough loss for the Patriots with with you know losing to the Dolphins uh, but I, Mac Jones looked good. Uh, I, the thing about Mac Jones, I noticed, and again, we're starting to veer off a little bit, but that's okay because it's it's, mm-hmm. it's that time of year. Mac yeah. Jones, I thought they did a great job of positioning him to succeed. If you go yeah. back and you look at a lot of his pass plays, they he wasn't chucking a ball 30, 40 feet downfield. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were just, just checkouts or dump passes. They were doing screens. They were making right. things simple enough so that with his just football IQ and his life, He's able to yeah. make those short, quick burst reads, give mm-hmm. him some chance to be successful. Now, he's going to have to obviously do more as time goes on. But I thought for a first act, I thought he did a really, really good job. Um, and yeah, he-, he admitted it. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying he admitted that, you know, there's so much more work for him to do. It is his first game as an NFL rookie. But I think he did look very comfortable leading that offense during the game. So mm-hmm. despite the loss, I do think I agree with you. He looked... Pretty good for his first stint.
0: Absolutely, and and he'll only get better with time, just like our good friends at BetUS.com will only get better with time to put money in your pocket. If you need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid, they got you covered. Uh, you need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets, and obviously football and they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives you bigger bonuses than BetUS. Join now and check out uh, the offers and you can get up to 200%. Up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. I bet at BetUS and so should you. That's betus.com, America's favorite sportsbook and enter the promo code BSJ when you can sign when you sign up at betus.com for a special bonus. betus.com Where the games begin. And when you talk about games, I love this little game that they're playing down in Houston uh, Mm -hmm. where we are working with John Wall to to get a trade done. And in the meantime, he's going to be around the team, but he's not going to play. So let me get this straight. I got a contract that has more than $91.7 million left on it after this season but for now i'm just i get to chill practice a little bit and still get paid like sign me up too what a life here's the pro here's the and and here's the thing about the john wall (laughs) trade talk there can't be a trade i can't see any scenario realistically where a team is going to give up real assets to bring in John wall and listen, John wall is a very, very good player. Very good player when he's okay. healthy and hit you with some, and, and, and this is, this is how just my own real cookies on the bottom of the shelf data and analytics of John wall situation last four years, one season he did not play at all due to an injury. The other three, he played 32 games, 41 games, and 40 games. You are not putting major collateral on the table to bring in a guy with that track record. You're just not going to do it. I think ultimately what's going to wind up happening is they're going to say, look, John, we're trying to trade you, but nobody wants you at that price tag. We're going to have to do a buyout. We're going to, you're going to have to leave some money on the table. And I know John, like most of us, he ain't trying to leave no cookie crumbs on the table when he put that, when that big, you see that big loaf. He ain't trying to leave right. no crumbs. He's trying to get the whole damn loaf if he's walking out the door. I don't think he's going to have a choice. I think, and, and you know, the, the difference between him and Chris Paul, because some people will draw and say, well, Chris Paul was able to trade it. Why couldn't John Wall? Here's the difference. Chris Paul has a track record before he got to Phoenix of being a leader. He had a track record before he got the Phoenix to being someone who made his teammates better. You look at Chris Paul's record. I mean, I think four out of the five teams that he played for had more had average, at least eight more wins with him than they did the year before he arrived. John Wall doesn't have that kind of track record. When people think about John Wall, they think about the Dougie. They think about his dance. That's what they think about with John Wall. Five all-star appearances. That's nice. Yeah. The Dougie. That's nice. But so what do you
1: uh, bring into the table?
0: <laughs> and specifically, what I'm going to have to bring to the table to get you in my kitchen. I mean, two years, $91.7 million left after this year. That's a sh- significantly <laughs> high amount of
1: money. Well, that was good. good catch.
0: I was thinking about <laughs> a certain load. To-
1: there are children.
0: Yes, they are. And uh, they should want to be like John Wall because he's he about to get he about to get paid. I mean, he. I mean, we yeah. saw that happen with Al Horford, in, in you know when he was in Oklahoma City, where they basically paid him just chill and babysit the kids. I mean, that that's really what Al's job was. And John ain't trying to be a babysitter. John trying to be a player. He's trying to be in. He's trying to be in basketball streets, and I get that. But bruh, that contract. It's going to be incredibly difficult to move. I would be shocked if they're able to move that. But um, he's going to be go this way. Well, let me put it this way, Courtney, and we talked about this. John Wall may very well be the first and only superstar player in the last five to 10 years who was clearly available, and not a peep was heard from Celtics fans. Um. They want none of that.
1: They want
0: none of that, and it has nothing to do with having, you know, Richardson and Marcus Smart and Peyton Pritchard and everything to do with that money, y'all. The role that he'd have to play, the role that you would be bringing him in, it's not about whether he can do it. It's about can he stay upright enough to do it. That's the
1: problem. Yikes.
0: Yeah. But that alone – would be like kind of a big talking point in the NBA, but for my money, for my attention, I really enjoyed the the Russell Westbrook. And for those yeah. who aren't familiar, <laughs> for, for those who aren't familiar with the Russell Westbrook talk, here here's a uh, just a quick look at what we're talking about. This is the uh, the clothing that Russell Westbrook wore for New York City. We got graphics, y'all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and this was a talk pound and, and it, because obviously he's wearing a skirt, uh, some say no, it's a kilt. Well, no, it's really a, it's a, it's a man skirt. No Irish, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let's 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 uh, you know, let, let's call it what we it is. It. And this, as you can imagine, s- sent Twitter a frenzy. Of um, I've seen some memes that have been pretty damn hilarious. I, I, and I, I should have, should have gave it to our producer. I, I, I got one meme that had him <laughs> in a Lakers skirt. <laughs> <laughs> on a basketball it's, it's that one is out there somewhere in the uh, in the Twitter sphere. But uh, uh, just, I, I mean, I've got a million and one thoughts on this, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on Russell and his uh, once again um, standout ish attire.
1: Yes, I mean, for one, that's not something that we should be surprised about. He has always loved to push the the button, so to speak, when it comes to fashion and really just be unapologetic. About the things that he wears, for him, obviously this is a statement in itself because it already caused so much conversation. But when you look at the landscape of the NBA, when you talk about fashion, music, those the NBA fashion and music are all synonymous. I think at this point, you look at the way players have treated both the WNBA and NBA when they they way they treat their arrivals. It's like a runway. So for him to step out at Fashion Week, step out at the VMAs, just step out in general and and really make these kind of statements. It's not anything that's new for the NBA, but I do think people need to catch up with the times and just accept the fact that, one, these players have money to afford these high-fashion brands, and they have these stylists that work with them to create their looks. So why not use the money that you have to really create a brand in that way as well? Because basketball is going to end eventually. Why not invest in other interests
0: yeah and and to, to your point point this is very on brand for Russell right. uh and, and and that to me is is why I'm all for this because he's being consistently who he is he's being authentically Russell Westbrook right. Russell has no problem pushing the no, push- I was about to say <laughs> well he he has no he has no problem pushing whatever your limits are in terms of what should or should not be done uh and i respect the hell out of that i don't always agree with it but i absolutely respect it And i think most nba heads respect that as well because here's the thing no matter what russell westbrook wears on fashion week when the ball goes up he's still trying to bust your ass right it's not more times than not he does And, and so so to me, as a basketball player, this for me yet another reminder, basketball players are more than just basketball players. Uh they have, you know, things that are frankly going on in their lives that go above and beyond just dribbling the basketball and, and making layups and shooting threes. They have a life that exists outside of their profession, just like most of us mm-hmm. have a life that exists outside <laughs> of what we do professionally. And the only difference is that Russell's professional life and personal life are both on a more grander stage and on display than your average citizen but this is i mean when i saw this i was just like eh, okay it, it it did like now if now let, now let me let's just list it up a little bit if let's say this were jason tatum instead of russell westbrook that would have mm-hmm. raised some eyebrows for me because that's a very bold statement that russell is making from a fashion standpoint and that's mm-hmm. not really Tatum's, tatum doesn't really do make bold Fashion statements. That's not what he does. Uh, it has nothing to do with the skirt, and everything to do with how that individual carries themselves and how that they perpetuate their brand in in, in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. Well, for Russell, this is very on par with what he does, who he is, and what he's about. And I, I'm I, I find it interesting that you know there's some Lakers fans who can have a little, little pushback mm-hmm. on that. that said the- something people- I say. With that, and and I and I guess that to me again, that's part of the Russell Westbrook brand. He's comfortable with being uncomfortable, and more specifically, he enjoys and finds comfort in making yeah. others uncomfortable. And right, I, I, right. I I love that about Russell Westbrook. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, I think he's he's too big a shot chugger. Uh sure I don't think it. he's very efficient. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he's a hell of a player. And this statement is such a Russell Westbrook fashion statement.
1: Mm-hmm. Has anyone done a full feature on his relationship with fashion from his perspective? I, I would want to read that. It I really that just he- get a sense of what inspires him to, to do yeah. that.
0: Yeah. I mean, he. I know he's been asked about that, obviously, many times. Yeah. And and just, just re- trying to remember some of the things he said. Essentially, you know, he is saying a lot of things that I'm saying now, and that is that he's more than just a basketball player, that their interest in him, the interest that he has that go above and beyond that. And and again, I I just like the fact that he's consistent with that. Like if, if Russell Westbrook showed up at fashion week wearing like khaki pants and a polo shirt, You'd be like, "Whoa!" Be <laughs>
1: what
0: happened to you? What, 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 you want out of money. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you do at Russell Westbrook? Because this ain't this ain't you. I mean, this isn't like one of those Chris Paul, Cliff Paul commercials. No, no, mm-hmm. that would that would be this would be something radically radically different if you went that route. So I, I love the fact that that Russell, at the end of the day, has been and and I think always will be authentically Russell. Uh, love it or leave it. Um, so. Now, speaking of love it or leave it, you know I went to Syracuse.
1: Did you now? Oh my god, this is and you know, and you
0: know I absolutely love Nissan Carmelo Anthony. Oh
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I read you, oh. yeah, okay. We're on good terms.
0: So this is okay. <laughs> Carmelo just dropped his uh, memoir yesterday or Tuesday, mm-hmm. and um I had a chance to get an advanced copy. It's like literally sitting right next to me. Show us.
1: Nice, nice.
0: And uh, it's a good book. It's it's a good it's 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 better than I thought to be candid with you. Uh, What's the
1: title book? for those who are listening?
0: Where tomorrows aren't promised, written by mm. with D Watkins. Uh, it's Carmelo's memoir, uh, a memoir of survival and hope. Um, But the the cool thing about this book, and and to me, it's one of the things I really like about most memoirs is that there should be something that I learned about you that I didn't know. There should be something that I learned about you that I didn't know that I can relate to. And I thought he did a really good job of explaining about some of the challenges that he had coming up, specifically uh, some of the bouts of of depression that he had to deal with uh, and some of the just the recurring themes of death uh, to those he's close to. Uh, He talks about, you know, his his stepfather passing or or, yes, his his stepfather dying, his father, you know, dying shortly after he was born. uh, Cousins, other family members. And, you know, the one thing that he talked about and and him and I, we talked about this specifically was uh, how back then there really wasn't talk about depression. You just dealt with it. You just Mm -hmm. figured out how to survive. Uh, He he talked about that a lot. So I, I thought it was a really, really good book. And certainly, when I think about you know sports books that I'm reading, because uh, you know, Maren Fader's book on Yasiel yeah. uh Gary Washburn and Mark Spears' There's Spencer Haywood book. Uh, that's one I've I've read that a couple times now. And then Carm- Carmelo Anthony's memoir is another one in that genre of, of books that I definitely would recommend. And it's a quick read. It's like maybe two two fifty pages. Uh, so yeah, so you can knock it out in a fairly short amount of time. Um, but speaking of short amount of time.
1: Wait, but you're just gonna breeze over your Ebony magazine interview? That's well, we're gonna get into gonna that, that later. About
0: it. Oh, we can get, get into it right now since you brought it up.
1: Yeah, I'm like,
0: why would was- I did I, I I did do a sit down with Carmela Anthony where we yeah. did talk about the book, and we also we also talked about the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. And um, it's interesting how he sees that seasoned group coming together, uh, and seasoned in our conversation it had multiple meanings. like unintended. when i think of seasoned i think of aged old veteran and then carmelo hit me with the this a different kind of seasoned analogy where he he was talking about how when you go to like an italian restaurant and you have a great meal and you look back and the woman behind in the kitchen is like 900 years old
1: and no he literally said that 900, 900 years
0: old and, and the food is good and he said, That's how me and this crew we're all in the kitchen, and the food, our play is going to be good. And mm. I started thinking about it, and I said, Well, um, I would love to roll with that analogy because man, <laughs> I love Mellow, that's my dude, but I can't. Mm. There's a difference between having wisdom and being old, like when you are wise, it's based on experience then that wisdom can be translated to whatever profession that you have. If you've been in the newspaper game for like 20, 30 years, and now you are a managing editor, that experience, that wisdom will benefit you. But if you are someone who uses their body from a physical standpoint, Father Time is not your friend. Father Time is not trying to hook you up at the end of the road. Father Time is trying to take you out at the end of the road. And Melo, and I love you to death, one of the all-time great scorers to ever play in the NBA, father time has slowed you down a little bit. Same thing with LeBron. Same thing with DeAndre. Same thing with pretty much 60 70% of that roster. And that, to me, is where they have to figure out a way to pull the okey-doke on father time, to get him to think that the time is not now for him to cash in his father time's chip. Because father time got chips on all of us. At some yeah. point, he's cashing them all in, and we are going to lose. We are going to lose. And the challenge that Melo has, and the rest of those Lakers, is figuring out how to Jedi mind trick Father Time and giving him at least one shot to get it done. And yeah. as much as I would love for him, you know, to go Chef Melo RD in the kitchen and cook up some good I stuff, it's just I just don't see it happening. And I wish, and I wish him all the individual success. Yeah. Out. Um, I don't want the Lakers to be successful. I don't want to see them. Win. <laughs> just I, I, Carmelo. I'm about that, I don't want to see them do well. I do want them to, <laughs> to do well, um, but in, in part because I just don't think that team. I just don't think that they have that balance that you need to have between having good players, young players, mm-hmm. old players, Wise just, players. Yeah, they don't have balance, mm-hmm. and I would love and and being here in Boston. I would hate for them to have more championships than the Celtics. That's just being yeah, real.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yep.
0: I mean, I, I, it, 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 especially when I think about how close the Celtics came within the last four or five years of getting to the finals. And once you get to the finals, anything and everything can happen. Um, I mm. think back to that game seven against Cleveland at, at the TD Garden where Terry Rozier struggled, Tatum struggled, Jalen struggled. It was the worst game those young fellas had in the playoffs ever. And... That was such a missed opportunity uh because you never know again what happens once you get to the finals Um, but you know like i said we'll we'll find out how good the lakers are and how good the celtics are and the other 28 teams in the association when training camp starts in a couple of weeks and uh how you feeling about training camp
1: i'm excited I'm, i'm excited as if i'm gonna be there but i'm not gonna be running drills but I am just very much looking for one. I'm just excited for basketball to return. The fact that we've been able to have something to talk about every week during this offseason is amazing. But I want to talk about some actual basketball right. and also be able to see this roster that Coach Stevens, Coach Stevens, see, he still got me. We- Trader Stevens has gotten together and see what Coach Udoka is able to do with that roster. It's just I say this every year, but I always I'm always of the mindset of like when a new season starts, we talk about potential a lot, but it's exciting to get to that point where you can actually see all of the things you talked about in the off season, whether or not they come into play.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited just to see the new guys. Uh, I'm yeah. always excited about the new guys because and, and the Celtics for a lot of us, like when we see Peyton Pritchard, for a lot of us for a lot of media, it may be like the first time you've actually seen Peyton Pritchard in person. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And he's been a guy that we've talked a lot about, but not many of us have seen him. And I, you know, I was fortunate to be around him a little bit in Vegas uh, before, you know, while, while the Celtics were out there,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: uh, I'm curious to see the new guys and I'm, and I'm really curious to see jacked up Tatum.
1: I think I'm, that photo was a little exaggerated by everyone. I know it was it. a little
0: exaggerated, hey, but you know what? <laughs> here's the thing oh the corny eye roll. I ain't seen that in a while I know
1: but it's just like the the way people reacted I was just like are y'all really serious right well, now here's the thing and for for those for,
0: for those of <laughs> us haven't who seen have it have at some point worked out okay you can absolutely get to a point in your workout where you're looking jacked up where yes. because because you're again everything is relative to the camera angle and Tatum much props to Tatum, and 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 you know his his photos, his, his social media hit those
1: angles for him, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yo, those I mean, listen, those are photos that when you are like sixty five years old, and your grandson is talking about <laughs> pop 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 pop, <laughs> they said you was kind of nice.
1: They said you uh-huh.
0: had a little game. They said you put in a little bit of work. Did you really put in work? And Look pop, right pop, here, son. Be like, come here, son, son.
1: Come here, boy. Pull, this up is yeah, pull up, up his summer 2021. We couldn't iPhone even iPhone. go outside.
0: Pull up his iPhone 64. 64. It might and be at be like, like a thousand. Exactly. And it'd be like, look at this. You see them guns? You see them
1: <laughs> guns, son? That's what I'm talking about. Armed and dangerous. Like, yes.
0: And then little boy be like, Dad, pop pop, I know you had it like that. Damn. <laughs> exactly. Those, yeah. those, are Those are priceless photos that Tatum should absolutely hold on to for the rest of his life because whenever anybody says i don't really know how thick tatum was bam check it Where'd out you? check it out check it he out needs
1: before and after too he needs his rookie year and then that that photo next to each other because he was skinny
0: yeah i was i was a little nervous for him when i first met him Same. i was like they're gonna break
1: this kid the, fir-
0: the first time i met tatum was right after they drafted him and he did the community service thing i can't remember where it was and him and i went off to like a, an area and we we're just kind of talking one-on-one and i'm looking at him and i'm thinking like bruh i'm glad we inside because if we were outside and the breeze came through kind of potent
1: stop
0: you might not be standing where you, thank at. you. He was skinny as can be. But the thing but that I, I love about Tatum, though, and, and I, I told him this one time. I don't think he re- – he probably doesn't remember. But I told him that he reminds me, from a physical standpoint, of Tayshaun Prince. And the thing about Tayshaun Prince was ridiculously skinny, mm-hmm. but was strong, had that, like, that 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 wiry strength. And yeah. Tatum, I think, is along those same lines. But the difference is that Tatum – is bulking up to have not just wiry strength but grown ass man strength yeah whereas yeah. you know Tayshawn, he's good he was good I and mean, Tayshaun he's been retired for like almost a, a, mm-hmm. a lot a long time and he looks pretty much the way he did when he came to the league back in 2001 or two whatever um yeah. Tatum ain't gonna be that though Tatum is Tatum is bulking up for the long haul
1: he's only 23.
0: I <laughs> know he's still he he's, he's still baby he's, Exactly. He's still young pup. Got to pay that extra whenever he gets a rental car. Um, I remember that <laughs> way, a couple years ago. A couple yeah. years ago. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Tate. I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen, see what he can do and what he can't do. Uh, and, really, I, I want to get the games going because I want to see Yudoka in action. I want to see yeah. you know, the way he mixes it, the lineups. I want to see him in those, you know, ATO after timeout situations to see what he's drawing up. I, I want to see him – you know, come up with ways that put his indelible imprint on this team. Uh, I don't want us to be looking at him and thinking like, damn, that looks a lot like what Brad would do. I don't want to see that. Uh, that defeats the whole purpose of having a new coach. If you're going to do the same thing the old coach did, that's mm-hmm. – what's the point? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm – look, there's, there's, so, there's so much to be excited about. And the fact that we only got a couple more weeks before we get it going again.
1: Oh, it just – patience that's, is a virtue. What <laughs> what so – Quan, yes.
0: The um, let's see the the uh, the mayoral stuff is starting to kind of wind down a little bit yes. now, shifting a little bit. So uh, the primaries
1: I- are over. Mm-hmm. Kim Janey is not going to be considered. She was the acting mayor. So right now, if you're in Boston, Anissa Sabi George and Michelle Wu are your finalists for the 2021 mayor I tried to make that sound like basketball but it did not work but those are the final two mayor mayor candidates but they kept saying we're going to the finals and I was like that's not not what that means in my head but no I digress no. they're going to the final ballot if you live in Boston do your research dig into the candidates see who aligns with your platforms and go vote
0: yeah absolutely absolutely
1: yeah. well I-
0: as, as Corny, we, we kind of touched on it. I did a, a one-on-one Q&A with uh, Carmelo Anthony. We talked about his book and also uh, the Lakers. Uh, like I said, I, I wish him have a good season. I hope the Lakers don't. Um, <laughs> just real. However um, that works. <laughs> also, uh spent some time talking with Donovan Mitchell uh, about okay. about some of the things that he's been involved with. One thing in particular uh, that he has been actively engaged in is helping out teachers. His mother it is a teacher. And That's one of the things cool he teacher. did. Yeah, she's, exactly. I
1: know that. That's exactly. crazy.
0: It is crazy. It is very crazy. Shout
1: out to all the teachers. My dad teaches kindergarten as well. And I don't know how they did it during the pandemic. On Zoom, talking on to Zoom. these little kids.
0: Right. And Donovan, him and I, we talked a little bit about that, <laughs> about you just watching his mom teaching mm-hmm. these kids on Zoom. And he's just like, what? <laughs> how? How do you do that?
1: Mind and you, she you, probably doesn't even have to do this job. What she's doing? There's
0: no probably about it. She don't. She. Is, I know,
1: but I just I didn't want to assume and just said probably. You know, I'm not gonna no, just assume.
0: She, you know. She. No. She. Yeah. She. She's, doing, <laughs> she's teaching because she genuinely loves to teach. Wow. Uh, she is definitely not doing this for no damn paycheck. Right.
1: Uh, we
0: know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Donovan he teamed up with Clorox and they uh, basically put together a million dollars to give to teachers to help them fill out their classrooms for this uh, upcoming school year, which is a great thing because. Uh, Wait, where know, do
1: I sign my dad up?
0: The <laughs> link is in the story. Oh, I didn't
1: uh, see. It. I'm gonna go back. Well,
0: he uh, the, the, the cool thing is, is, and again, this is just—he's a good guy. I mean, you you—it's hard to find people who are hating on Donovan. Yeah, uh, we,
1: you could tell he's a good
0: guy. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, it's funny because we we talked about basketball obviously and just utah did season it in quite how they thought it would and you know he uh he, he said all the right things to the lakers they made some changes you know they got a good team and he said but you know we've got a good team too uh, we've added some players and we you know we we plan to just keep getting better and you know he talked about parts of his game that he wants to work on and enhance and get better at and it was it was a good time he's, he, and he's a good dude so i'm i i always enjoy you know having those type of conversations with nba players to, to just have a conversation about something other than just your ability to knock down three-point shots. Oh, I mean, there's more that. than that. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, so that was, that was a good time. That was a really good time. And for those of you who are looking to make a little money, you might want to have a good time with BetUS.com. Uh, again, check them out, BetUS.com. Don't forget that you can get – up to 200% bonuses with them. Uh, and don't forget to check out all their offers, betus.com. Where the games begin. And where the podcast.
1: Ah, Take us home. <laughs> For H. Rod Blakely, I'm Kwani A. Lunis. Thank you for listening and subscribing and giving five stars to the A-List podcast. We'll be back here next week.